Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Iris, ciao. Sometimes it's good to just yell about football. What are you doing? Don't do this to me, Harry. The Ohio State. It's Ohio State. What do you mean, the? It's a poison. I almost stroked out and died over it. I'm glad to be at the party. I'm mad we're this late. You ain't a captain of nothing but a sinking ship. That helps the defense without them even doing a damn thing. 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 Doing a damn thing. In a calling line. 312-988-15. You tell Johnny all you've heard and seen. No, 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 Iris. No, 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 Iris. No, 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 Iris. No, Iris. Iris. right oh man my voice is still dead i just can't do it man and it's going on like three weeks now and every time the weather changes it changes back again then one day later i'm stuck in this not being able to breathe not being able to yell not being able to talk it's very uncomfortable for somebody who does what i do every day you don't understand how much it throws me off when i can't get the the noises i want to come out Oh, happy Monday. Thank you again. I realize Monday morning is like not everybody's favorite day. I really appreciate you being here with me. I I really do. Uh, So thank you for being here. We got a lot to cover. There's just a lot of, uh, there's a lot going on. And Notre Dame ends up in the middle. Somehow, this irrelevant team finds their way into the middle of all these large-scale discussions and and all over the place. Notre Dame ends up finding themselves in the middle of it all. Like, it never fails. It's just Notre Dame doesn't matter, but then we're talking about them all day. All right, well, it's hard for you to say they don't matter then, right? it's, It's just amazing to me how no matter what is going on, there's always a Notre Dame angle in it. I just think the powers that be know you include Notre Dame, you're going to get more clicks. You're going to get more everything. I don't I don't know what else it could be. Um, uh, help Stephen. A heaping tablespoon of horseradish mustard will clear you out. I'll, I'll deal with I'll deal with the cold. Dude, this, <laughs> I'm not eating a horseradish. What part of the horse is it? I'm not eating a horseradish. What, what part of the horse do they grind up and put in that bottle? No, I'm not doing it. 
Oh man, is that an old wives' tale or something? So, uh, anyways, th there's a lot to get into, and there's been a lot of news. There's been a lot of like news. Some of it's breaking news. Some of it's not. People acted like it was breaking. And I'm going to combine a lot of these things and go over a couple bigger picture items that I think all relate and tie back home with Notre Dame. Adam, sushi with horseradish. What planet do you reside on? What? The only time I'll eat sushi is if it's as bait and I hook it on a hook, throw it in and catch a fish. I ain't eating sushi. Are you out of your mind? That's one step above when I'm in Florida walking around and they have a raw, what they call a raw oyster. But what it's a, a bed of ice with a bunch of slimy we, shells and these these old leathery Florida people. Ooh, there's a good one. Oh, it looks like slimy shells you collected under a bridge. And it's like a d expensive delicacy. I can't understand it. I'll never understand it. I can't get it. I don't get it. All right. So here's the deal. Some people still want to speak about uh, the recruiting discussion we had. Uh, forgive me, Father John, for I am late. I would go to confession, but I'm not Catholic. I, I, you don't got to you don't got to apologize to the good lord on my behalf, okay? I'm just glad you're here, son chance. Uh whether you want to speak about and I'm still taking some heat about the recruiting uh the recruiting situation with Notre Dame, whether it's good enough for you or not, up to par enough or not, too many three stars or not, whether you want to talk about the CFP finally being officially in Explain this to me. How do you end up having the final playoff thing announced? And then like 12 hours later, the rumor is it's all going to change and they're looking to expand and, and the SEC and the Big Ten are pushing for three to four guaranteed bids no matter what. One day after we announced the new format. One day. The news cycle didn't even get through one day of filtering. And the very next news thing is they're already looking to expand from 12 to 14. And that means that the two power players are already pushing for three to four guaranteed bids. What we can we get, can we maybe see what this version looks like for a year or two before we're doing that? Like it's just. It never stops. And, it, and then it just feels like right when, when you get caught up to whatever the modern reality is, right when you feel like you're situated for that, then it changes. Like you're, you're always chasing. That's just what it feels like to me. We got a few phone calls I want to get to. I, I just, some of this stuff's getting a little wild and a little fast to me. And I don't know if that's me being old and out of touch or, or if things really are moving as fast as I feel like they're moving with these large-scale changes that are changing everything. And it's never going back the old way. Like, I, I just don't know what to make of all this. Um, so let's get through the introductions. I'm going to go over a couple bullet points. I'll give it to the callers so they can continue with their Monday. Again, apologize for the voice. Apologize for the nose blowing. I just can't get rid of it. 
sinus headache. It is what it is, man. It is what it is. Once we get on the other side of this and we have spring or summer, whatever it's going to be, it'll be worth it. So thank you for being here. Obviously, you can find the program on YouTube. Do it. Subscribe if you haven't yet. Appreciate it very much. Give the video a thumbs up. That helps Yanni Boy out as well. Notifications on it where you will learn it every time a new episode drops. I know you don't want to miss it. Twitter, search bar, always Irish. Rat away. There you go. I got a rasp out of that one. At always Irish, Inc. Emails, always Irish, Andy at gmail.com. Audio only, anywhere you want it, you can get it if you don't want to see my face. I definitely understand that. Don't blame me at all. Call in lines. 312-988-15. You dialed up. Tell your boy, oh, you've heard and seen. Instagram, Facebook, always Irish. USA Today, Fighting Irish. Why read all about it? I told you. You can't get away from me. You don't want to see the video? Fine. You don't even want to listen to my voice? Double fine. Go read about it. A lot of these episodes... I kind of conceptualize and then find bullet points to translate them into the article because there's not a clear crossover. People that like to read and like more of a blog style or whatever aren't aren't a direct crossover to YouTube. So people have their tastes. I tried to find a way where you can't get away from me. You don't have any excuses. If you find any of my thoughts interesting, you're going to catch them somewhere, some way. Sun Chance Kid. what? This is one of my questions, bro. When does the college football playoffs go to 68 teams? By the current ramp-up rate, about two years, and every team that wins a game is going to be eligible. It's just a matter of what seeding you get. And that means since this is football and not basketball, where you could play a game every couple days, that means that football season's going to run until about June. (laughs) Bro, I just don't get it. Uh, Pat, are you golfing today? I saw you chipped one in. Pat wants to get golfing. I got a couple broken irons I got to fix before I can get out there. And I promise you, they weren't even out of anger. Uh, I don't know what happened, but I got a couple clubs I got to get fixed. And they're the ones I use every, every hole. Like my pitching wedge, I use everywhere to chip, bump and run, whatever. I need to get those fixed. Um, Oh, don't forget about patreon.com a slash always Irish former captain, former captain leading tackler Mike Goolsby and myself. Uh, shrimp cocktail, good stuff. I don't even know what that means. A shrimp cocktail to me means you're blending up a bunch of dead shrimp, putting it in an alcoholic drink, and I'm drinking it out of a fancy cup. I don't, I, that's what that means to me. Shrimp cocktail. That what part of they shredding up the tail to make sure you get that taste in your martini? Or is that that St. Elmo's thing where they got uh <laughs> I know what the fancy martini glass and you dump it in the red sauce? You guys got fancy taste. Leave me alone. Can I just get some chicken strips and some fries, bro? Come on. Yeah, Pat knows my deal with golf. If I'm golfing, I'm golfing. And that means I'm committing to golf and I'm practicing and playing a handful of times a week. Otherwise, there's no point to play golf for me. Because if I'm going to play once, twice a month, I'm not going to be tight. I'm not going to have my feel. And I'm going to be frustrated the whole time. Doesn't do anybody any good at all. So like if I'm playing golf, I I need to be practicing. I need a ramp up. I need touch and feel. I'm not just showing up two times a month. Oh, I'm here to play golf and you have no touch. And by the time you get it, the round's over. Then you play three weeks later. That ain't going to cut it. 
I'm not good enough that I can play good just showing up at two times a month and just play good golf. I don't have that in me anymore. Maybe at the old days. John is so food ignorant, it almost isn't funny. <laughs> don't you think some of this I'm playing along a little bit with the shrimp cocktail? Like, I don't think it's something you drink at least. I don't have those fancy tastes, bro. I don't have those fancy tastes. Oh, man. Yeah, this is the other thing. I, I Oh, boy. Ohio podcast, are you still in here? Maybe I need to do an episode just about this. I'm writing that down. Good idea. Callers, I'm coming to you. Here's the deal. Adam, stop taking it so serious. This isn't the PGA Tour. It isn't about that. It's just about me wanting to play good. And I'm not going to pay money to go out there for five hours and be frustrated. I'm not doing it. It's not healthy for me. I'm not happy. That's not fun. We're not doing it. Golf is not just a walk in the woods. You're there to play good golf. I got, I'm a weird guy with this kind of thing, okay? <laughs> oh, look at this. Oh, Iopod, I'll come back to that. <clears throat> Five hours? I don't know. You go in a weekend, it takes a while. Hey, Johnny boy, my, you, you, you know what I mean. Yeah, Pat, three hours. Add in one drive, an hour drive each way. What does it add up to? Five hours, buddy. It's the full time. Hey, Johnny boy, my fiance's birthday today. She wasn't into college football until we got together. But three years in, she's a true golden dober. Wanted to know if you could give her a little shout out. Go Irish. Thoth? I wish this girl nothing but joy and happiness and in a wonderful, wonderful birthday. The issue is you're converting her over to be a Notre Dame fan. I, I can't guarantee there's happiness at the end of that rainbow. There hasn't been for 30 something years. <laughs> that's the issue. I'm glad to have her on our side. It's just, I don't know if that's going to make her happy or depressed for the next 20 years. <laughs> that's the issue I have. I'm happy to have her on board. I'm happy to have her on board. But it's like some of us didn't have a choice. So I, God bless her soul. God bless her soul. <laughs> we'll take her. I just worried about her happiness level. Uh, look at Angela. You're a weird guy with almost everything. Ain't that the truth? You don't end up the way I do <laughs> on accident. Uh, I never claimed I was normal. I'm never going to claim I was normal. $20 olive from the rotate. How the college offseason goes, January, we talk about the winners. February to April, we crap on Notre Dame. April, May, spring games. May, July, we talk about ND being ranked 2I. August, ND don't play anyone. September, season starts. That's about the rotation, rotate. Get, get it? Rotation, rotate. Yeah, that's about it. That's about it. Leave it to Josh Pate to be the voice of reason. Yeah, he did a good uh, a good Notre Dame video just saying that everybody's losing their minds about Notre Dame and does not have a clear perspective on the realities of the situation. Josh Pate's one of the few national guys that tries to literally be like unbiased. He really does. He does a good job. Um, and you know what else? For a guy at his level, he's like the top 247 rivals guy. They send him to the biggest games to do all this pretty down to earth, like 
Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry. Only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. For for the level he's at, he doesn't talk to you, down to you like you're some idiot. Half the people in our Notre Dame niche do that, by the way. Like, you can't have an opinion and you're an idiot if you disagree and only they are the, the wizard. Nobody likes that. And there's too much of it going on. Too much of it. Pat's the John Daly of the local club. He doesn't hit it far enough to be the John Daly of the who does, honestly. That's not a knock on Pat. Who does? Uh Nick Dean. Come on, John. You got to be happy now. Uh Crut- Cruton's going good. That depends who you ask. There's a lot of people who think Freeman's shopping down the exact same aisle as Kelly. The RKG aisle. The three-star aisle. Oh, I don't like it. I don't like it. Oh, don't make me mad about this. Always Irish is already scared of the male cheerleaders in the coveralls. I, Dude, they are creepy. Those Texas A&M dudes that wear the white overalls and do the creepy chants, it's like a cult, man. And it's weird and awkward, and they try and be like edgy and funny, and they're not. And then you just end up a bunch of male cheerleaders in overalls. Like, am I supposed to understand and respect what's going on here? Because I'm not going to do either. You know what I'm talking about? The night before or whatever. And those weird A&M cheerleader guys in their white outfits. I don't understand. It's weird. It's weird. Dr. John playoffs i doubt it'll get larger than the fcs uh current 2014 field ah man it's rough it's it's just rough so okay let me do a couple more of these chats we'll bring your calls up we'll see what you guys think we'll see what you think again i gotta get caught up with the early chats or i never get caught up at all here we go again me taking my shots I remember some years back when I was like, Johnny, defending and getting excited over three-star recruiting. What a foolish idiot I was. Sir Luke, there's something that you don't recognize often when you speak on this show. And what you don't recognize often enough is middle ground. Middle ground. I realize to make your point, to get a reaction out of me and everything, it's slanted one way. There's a lot of middle ground to be had. Two things can be true at the exact same time. What I mean by that is you could say 
I want Notre Dame to have more bona fide four and five stars in their recruiting classes than they do. And also acknowledge that this iteration of the coaching staff has done a better job of identifying lower ranked guys and end up playing great for Notre Dame. Both of those can be true at the same time. Yes, I want and we need more four and five star bona fide guys in each recruiting class. That is a fact. I agree with you there. And I think that. Also, if we want to be fair, though, a lot of the lower rated guys this staff has gotten more out of than previous Notre Dame regimes. That needs to be taken into consideration when they are evaluating talent. Both of those can be true at the same time. Just because I'm saying this staff does a better job evaluating three stars than Kelly's did, that doesn't mean I'm saying it's okay to fill the class with three stars. That's not what that means. Live with the nuance. Live with the nuance. Multiple of these things can be true at the same time. It doesn't have to be all one way or all the other. If people felt that way about politics, we would all be getting along a lot better, by the way. If you didn't have to be all over here, all over there, and people could find overlapping middle ground where maybe you have to, you don't get everything you want. You could find livable middle ground that works for most people in the country. Maybe everybody wouldn't hate each other. But here we are. You got to be way over here and way over there. Reasonable in the middle is an unpopular place to be for some reason. Look at this. Look at this. I also know, but John will deny it. But I don't know why he doesn't just embrace it. There's a racial dynamic to his love for freebie. That's it. You know me looking out for my fellow black man. <laughs> Is that what we're doing? You know me. I got to get up here and make sure I defend the, the honor of another fellow uh, African-American here. To make sure that we're like protected or what? Is that what I'm doing? Oh, that's funny. That's funny. Mark, was it too long ago the NCAA didn't allow cream cheese on bagels? Now players can make millions and have a chef. We haven't even had a 12-team playoff, but they're talking about 14 or 16. Constant change. It's nonstop. Again, right when you get caught up, you're behind the next change. It's hilarious. Johnny, clear your sinuses. I'm trying. I'm trying. Mark, I don't think we give Faison enough credit. The guy's a stud. I believe there was another chat before that one where he said the lacrosse people were speaking about how athletic he is and, and jukey and all that. Here's the deal. Again, this is perfect for what I just said. Multiple things can be true at the same time. Follow me. Multiple things could be true at the same time. Number one, Faison is awesome. We are lucky we have him on the football team and that he's, has a, he's one of those guys that just has a knack to be wiggly and get open and do what you need to do. It's beautiful. You can't teach it. He has a knack for it. It's beautiful. Uh, that is wonderful. That is true. Also true. The way we found that out was embarrassing and awful. Are you following me? Both things are true at the same time. It is awesome we found Faison that it, and then he gets open and he's wiggly and he always just finds a way and he's athletic and he's young. We love all that. 
the way we found him on football is embarrassing. It's because you didn't even have a representative wide receiver group. The way we found Faison was embarrassing. You lucked into that one because you needed it because you had no depth at all. So it's great, but something awful is what led to us finding something great. So I don't know. I'm excited to see the kid, but you got to acknowledge the way we stumbled upon him was because we were doing a bad job of wide receiver. So <laughs> both of those could be true. Tom Frawley, Johnny, thanks for your efforts. Can't wait to see the promo. Tom Frawley and I, we got a little business popping here. We got some business popping. Stay tuned for that. Philly special. Good to see you, Philly. Andrew, I 100% support the changes in college football. We're such, such a nostalgic fan base. We forget college football used to be more a beauty contest and really crowning a champion. Remember uh, Michigan sharing a title. Cut the dead weight. Should Boston College or Syracuse make the same money as Clemson and Florida State? Hell no. Consolidation's good. Uh, we'll get to see much more competitive games. Yeah, I think the issue's going to be bowl games been rendered meaningless. Now with an expanded playoff, we get to see real games. That is awesome. But let me ask you this, Andrew. I feel like there's a direct inverse ratio. The more teams are added in the playoff, the less each regular season game means. Are you following me? The, the wider that net is to be able to get into the playoff, you're by definition degrading the regular season because each game means less because you can lose more games and still make the, the title hunt. Maybe that matters to you. Maybe it doesn't. But from now on, those regular season games are going to mean a lot less. Mathematically, they, have, they definitionally do. Now, you could say, I don't care. Like, that's fine. I'm just stating the fact, but you could say, John, I don't care. We're all going to watch the games in the regular season anyways. It's not like you're not going to watch. You're not going to go, oh, Notre Dame has a bigger net to make the playoff. I don't need to tune in for this regular season game. We're all going to watch everything no matter what. So maybe it doesn't matter at all, but we all need to acknowledge each team that the playoff expands, the regular season means less. It has to, definitionally, mathematically. I don't know whether that's good or bad for the sport. It's good to make people money, and we're, we're all going to watch. We're all going to watch. The Ohio Pod. Big week for the Ohio Pod. We officially launch our live call-in show on Thursday evening at 8 Eastern. A big thank you to John Kennedy for helping me and our channel get to this point. Even though you're Ohio State, guys, I like you. It hurts me to say, but I consider you a friend. It's really upsetting. Although that reminds me to go back. I asked you if you were still in here, Iopod. I saw a, who was it? One of the blog, college football blogs, and they did a thing of ranking the top rated helmets in college football. And they had Ohio State number one and Notre Dame number two. I genuinely cannot understand what's so special about the Ohio State helmet. Silver and white. Little red, they're th like there's nothing fancy or unique about the colors. I do not like every helmet's different, where depending on where you got your weed leaf, 
Every one of them's different. They don't match. I have I, no world. Can I look at that and be like, you know what? That's the number one element in the country. The one with boring colors and no two players look like they're on the same team because they all have a different element design because they have different weed leaf stickers all over at different places. I can't literally every single thing I would look for to define a great element. It does not have a good color scheme and uniformity and being unique. It has none of those. I literally can't understand how anybody could think that helmet's the best helmet. Boring colors and none of it matches. They don't even look like a team. Everybody's helmet looks different. How could that be the number one helmet? It looks too busy with crap stuck all over it. Ew. No. No. And then if you want to be like, oh, John, you're just saying it because you want to be in Notre Dame land with your gold helmet and all that. Give me Texas over Ohio State. There. How about that? How about that? I'll, I'll make it not about Notre Dame. Give me Texas's helmet over Ohio State 100 times out of 100. Simple. Clean, not change it to the point. Give me the horns. Busy's not good when it comes to football helmets. Too busy can ruin the whole thing. And the Iowa State Woods are too busy in run-of-the-mill colors. And I thought the idea was that you're a team. When you add the weed stickers and everybody has a different clump of them, you don't even look like you're together. Can't do it. Can't do it. Can't do it. Philly special, $5. Thank you. Can't wait to see you guys in April too. Can't wait. Oh boy. All right. Let's, uh, I didn't even get into my notes yet, but you guys have been waiting a half hour now. Let's get to it. I got an 818 and a 407 first up. 818, Rodney, what's going on, buddy? Good morning. <laughs> Hey, John. Good morning to you. Good morning. Top of the morning to John Kennedy. <laughs> uh, what's going on, man? There's there's a lot going on in college football here. Um, and Notre Dame seems to be somehow in the middle of a lot of it with, with just whatever angle you want to talk about. I don't know where you want to go, man. Uh, the CFP being finalized oh. and then them talking about expanding it one day later. Uh, I, I, you know, where do you want to go here? The, how about this, Rodney? The NIL ruling between Texas and the NCAA ruling that collectives can negotiate and offer guys deals whenever they want. You don't have to be committed to a school or anything. Like, I, I don't know where you want to go with all this, wherever. Whatever's on your mind. Okay, that, that thing you just said is news <laughs> to me. I did not hear anything about that, that last thing you the, just said. The way, I'll have to look into that today. The, the way I understand it is uh, Tennessee brought the NCAA to court saying you can't tell our guys when or not the, the collectives could compensate them for their name, image, and likeness, and the courts agreed. So there's no violation for like having a collective entice a kid before they're committed. That's what the court ruling said, that you can't stop those guys from making that money. So it kind of cuts the NCA out for being like, when you could do this and the timing, there is none, I guess. So now any of these collectives could tamper at any time and offer anybody anything. When they're in high school, they don't have to be committed. It's kind of a free-for-all. The NCAA has no... Uh, like, well, like, let's, let's be honest. Are we expecting Congress being the, the, the high integrity of Congress 
who voted for their own you know, uh, uh, insider trading, uh, yeah. voted against um, insider trading being against the law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. It's like, come on, you're focusing yeah. on policies. Yeah. And you, it's, of course, they're like, well, this is the thing, guys. Now, if you notice when it comes to those kind of things, too, and and, and I, I totally, totally am on board with you as far as politics goes. Like, you got to be all over here, all over here. You but everybody should see that's a problem. There isn't anybody who should be breathing air that cannot see how that is as corrupt as you possibly can. And we're looking to them yeah. to, 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 you know, it's like, come on, man. And I, I got to admit, I understand all this, all this is moving very, very fast. All these changes that we've gone through the past couple of years. I'm, I'm going to get to a couple of the points you mentioned earlier, man, because I couldn't wait to talk about the ESPN stuff because I think it came out right after the call-in show last week. Literally yeah. I'm watching. I think, I think that's when it came in, but anyway, but yeah, man, I mean, it's just like, I understand things are moving really quick, but they, something has to happen. Obviously, the NCAA, NCAA is no more. I mean, they have no power, at least yeah. not when it comes to college football. Yeah. And then, so Rodney, now wait, now wait, let me ask yeah. this. I believe one of the next steps may end up being the powers that be kind of heavily involved in the new CFP. I think there's a break off from the NCAA at some point where they create their own legislative thing. Break oh, away, yeah. break away from they the NCAA. They're, they're, are, they're already not involved in the playoff at all. Like I would, it would not yeah. surprise me to see them totally break off, create their own oversight for the playoff type schools, conferences, uh, and do something separate from the NCA. They have no legs to stand on. And What's let's be honest. Happen, John? Let's be honest. They don't yeah. want legs to stand on. They don't want to have to make tough yeah. decisions and do stuff. So I don't. Yeah. That group is a joke. Absolutely. There's no question. And I mean, it does need and it has to happen, man. And I'm hoping it happens sooner and later. I, I mean, probably when we're going to be looking at is it's going to be an affiliation between the networks. And the conferences is probably what's going to end Notre Dame. If you want to throw that in there. Oh my God. I can't wait to talk about this, John. When I saw this, it was the first thing, all the things you, you mentioned when you were talking about why this is happening. These were all things I, I'm looking at TV. I'm screaming at TV. Oh, this is this, this is this, and this is this. And then you said it like <laughs> in a couple of days. I mean, first of all, you know, I got to admit, I like Stephen A. I do. I mean, I love listening to him talk about basketball when I when I care. I haven't cared in years and years and years, to be honest with you, man. But when I hear him talk about Jordan and the Jordan-LeBron debate, I'm on board with him 100% on that, you know? 
So there, you know, and in the nineties and then those Allen Iverson years and the Kobe years and the Shaq years, you know, basketball meant something to me, even though I was always a Bulls fan. I mean, I'm sure you can relate to all this. And then it just stopped meaning things to me, but he knows basketball. Give him that. He knows NFL. He knows the NFL. He knows boxing. He, he's pretty good with boxing. After that, Steven, I mean, college football, it's a joke when he talks about college football. I'm like, you don't know as much as I do. And, you know, I'm not, I'm, my, my job is not sports casting or you, John, or anybody. And he sure as fuck doesn't know. It. I'm sorry. I just said the F word. Didn't mean to do that. Sorry, kids. Um, and he sure as hell doesn't know anything about Notre Dame football. You know, and it's just like, like you were saying, man, there was no complaining. As a matter of fact, John, I've, I've convinced myself, I think it's actually kind of an advantage we're at to be the fifth seed with a chance to, if you're the fifth seed, if you're number one, let's say, but you're the fifth seed because you're Notre Dame, to host a home game in November, or I'm sorry, December, right? Um, and then to have to go four games, fine. Everybody's going to have to win four games in a row. Everybody. If you win your conference championship, that's game one, right? And then, yes, you get to buy after that, and then you got to win three in a row. If you lose the conference championship, that's the toughest road yeah. because you've already lost. Now you got to play four tough ones in a row where you're probably not going to be rated high enough. I think Notre Dame is it, – is it better to have three games in a row with the buy before that or better to have the buy before the four games in a row? Honestly, John, it's semantics at this point. I think Notre Dame's in a great spot, and I, and it makes me wonder why are they even looking to join a conference at this point? When unless unless this fourteen team playoff with all these automatic, if that's what's spurning this this talk on, because obviously what we know right now, they know behind the scenes, obviously a lot you know much more than we do. So yeah. that could be why. Because I'm like, I think we're in a great position. I don't think that we have to do anything. But John, this is where I was so frustrated with what these three talking heads were saying. It was what it was a, uh, it was Feinbaum, it was Stephen A. Who else? It was one other person. <laughs> well, I, I, was on I went after the barstool guy myself. I went after Brandon Walker. Well, well yeah, 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 yeah. You, yeah. yeah, that's. I mean, and everybody's been talking about. But it was Feinbaum winning. and Smith were the two I was looking at the most. But the thing is, John. I mean, what was so disingenuous about that? Finally, after all these years of everybody saying in Notre Dame, why are you joining a conference? Why do you think you're better than everybody else? No, I don't think you're better than anybody. You can do it too. No one's stopping you either. When Texas went independent for a couple of years, no one said anything about it. No one cared. Could be independent. Chip Kelly came out and said last when all this NIL stuff was going on, transfer portal, crazy. He said maybe Notre Dame had it had it way ahead of us after all. Maybe they. Maybe they had it right all along. And I remember hearing Feinbaum saying, yeah, yeah, Notre Dame uh, looks pretty good right now with, with the decision they're making to stay independent. All these people were finally giving us credit for staying independent during all this turmoil. And now they're pretending they never said that last year. Yeah. That they never said that. Yeah, I don't. It's just <laughs> unbelievable. It was for clicks, John. It was for clicks. That's you all it was. You know they what it knew because like, they started this. You know what it felt like? It honestly, I wrote about this last night. I don't know when the article is going to post. It felt to me like it wasn't an intentional thing to go at Notre Dame, but I think these guys were not prepared. 
They they didn't know that we've known for a year about the Notre Dame not having a buy thing, and they were <laughs> acting like that was hot off the presses, breaking news. They were breaking, and and then they falsely said, "You Notre Dame people, uh, you need to just accept this and deal with it. Quit complaining, bro." <laughs> like, okay, our guy, <laughs> our guy helped create the format, and we're not complaining. Everybody's just kind of accepted their. <laughs> But they ran with that Notre Dame narrative thing, and it was really out of touch. And I just think it was a case of guys who are not tuned into Notre Dame all the time, and then a Notre Dame national news thing landed. It's a low part of the year for TV content for sports, and they ran with it. But it rubbed me the wrong way. I I just couldn't understand the narratives were not reality. They were not reality. But those guys are the masters. So when they talk, everybody listens. It was badly done. Poorly done. It is. I mean, I was so, and I was like, you know, I try to give people a fair shot. Like, I'll get upset with something Stephen A. says sometimes. Don't, of course, you know, or, or Whitlock or, you know, I mean, I have a lot of guys I listen to. And a lot of times they say really good points. And when they do, I give them credit for that. And there are times they say, stupid things and I'll, I'll get him for that too. But this one was, it was, but it wasn't stupid. That's just it. It was completely, it was manufactured. It was a manufactured yeah. tagline because like you said, John, nothing was going on. I'm like, Oh, I know what they're doing here. They know they need clicks. There's nothing happening in the news. <laughs> like, like literally dragging us into something we didn't, a fight we didn't even ask for. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, what it, the hell? it really was, uh, it was poor form. And so then you add fine Bob going off about Notre Dame complaining about the format, which never happened. And then on the backs of that, you have to add in, well, we're talking about Notre Dame. We may as well dump the old trope in there. And then Stephen A saying, oh, you know, Notre dude. Dame hasn't won oh. forever. Nobody would notice if they weren't here. Dude. And then saying, and then saying the next breath, they'll never hit number one ever, 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 ever yeah, again. Yeah. Like what? Like, you're sure of that? Are you sure? In this ever-changing world of college football where now it looks like the dominance at the top is no longer going to be that they way, did. where it's going to be one team? They did. Remember? Like, are you sure, Paul? Are it, you really sure about was that? It? We did it in 2012. It was Rick Riley, anyway. one of those Sports Illustrated writers, did a big write-up uh, when Notre Dame was bad with Charlie, I think, saying Notre Dame's dead. They're never going to compete again. And then Kelly came right in and made him competitive again and went all the way to the <laughs> title. I mean, it ended yeah, in sure, humiliation. We got, we got our butt kicked, but yeah. it's like, but still we... <laughs> But they literally were ranked number one. So it's like, I, dude, but I just hate that old narrative. And you know, they're SEC Big Ten focused. Like the whole thing I thought was out of touch and a little lazy and, and uninformed. Uninformed to not know the, all the details of this. Um, can no, I? No, not only that, not only that. I mean, here's the other thing, buddy. But I, I, and I mean this for all Notre Dame Nation. I truly believe, you know, all the stuff about Freeman being a you know, progressive thinking coach and, you know, we're cool now and all this, this has been coming a long time. I actually think while, like I said, the last group that needed to be brought over was the higher ups. And I think they're starting to come aboard too, but Notre Dame has been changing for a while, man. This whole entitled mentality people talk about that's been in some ways it still has existed to some degree, but dude, we've come a long way and certainly Notre Dame fans, have had to endure a lot of crap, man, over the years. And, you know, you know, 
So we, believe me, we've earned our humility. <laughs> we've earned our humility. All the people that, oh, you just think you're better. It's such an old, tired, two generations ago argument. It's like, dude, where have you been? It's been 30 years since, to be fair, to be fair, it has been since 1988 since we won a national title. You know, that doesn't mean we haven't been relevant on the field for the past decade now. You know, really, we go back to 2012. There was a couple of years that we did, but we've been good. I mean, Josh Pate said it best. That's why I put his name in there, man. He, he, he assessed all this. And he's like, you know, again, everything's got to be this way or it's got to be this way. He's like, look, Notre Dame has been really, really good. They haven't been elite. He said the same thing you did. He said, but they've been a, a great program, you know, for or a very, very, very good program. You know, you can, get, you can pick maybe four schools. He said, after that, Notre Dame is right there. Yeah. And that's true. And the, and I mean, the other true. thing, okay, here, Rodney, let me ask you this. I've been struggling with this all weekend since all this dropped, and I did my episodes mad at everybody. Brandon Walker and then Feinbaum and all that. Let me ask this. <laughs> um, I, I do. How do you define relevance? You know, when you're talking about this, if relevance is recency bias, who won a title lately? There's about four <laughs> relevant teams out of 131 or whatever. Then, like, yeah. I want to know how you define relevancy when you're looking at college football. And a lot of times, recency bias comes in here hard. And I'm not just saying that because all of our impressive histories waited on the back end of 100 years. I'm just saying, like, how do you define relevant? Notre Dame's in win-loss. They're a top 10 team like the last 10 years, pretty much. They've gone undefeated multiple times, made multiple playoffs. Like, the TV ratings are astronomical. They fill up other people's stadiums, not just ours, other people's stadiums. By all those metrics, Notre Dame's ultra-relevant, but they have not been an elite team lately. John, Can both those be true? They were ranked the number six college football program of the last, uh, I think it was 15 years. And or they so haven't won anything. Like you haven't won I anything in that time. Nothing. Well, what I'm saying is, is they, we haven't won a championship. That's correct. Okay. But we are still, again, I think 247 rate us the number six college football program of the last decade. That's pretty damn good. Okay, so we're not irrelevant. <laughs> not, not even on the field. You can't even say on the field we're irrelevant. That's not true. We just haven't won a title. That's fair. If you want to say irrelevancy in terms of title hunt or, you know, title yeah. winners, you're right. There's like maybe five or six programs that, that, that have that claim. Okay? Even Auburn. Even Auburn has that claim. You know? <laughs> Which yeah. is crazy because, like, I do not consider Auburn, you know, even in our stratosphere. So – that's true, but like again, it's just kind of it's just bending the argument to where they want to go with it. But whatever, man, I digress. That it's just that's just oh my god, did that get under my skin when I heard yeah. that? I um, just I just lost it. Rodney, can I throw an awkward question at you? This somebody just typed this in. And it, yeah, somebody just typed this in the chat, and it's making me look at this weird because it's a very challenging point. Okay. We have been discussing mm -hmm. the playoff format. And one of the things I talk yeah. about is what do you feel the odds are, even of a really strong Notre Dame team making the run through an extra month of games against top 12 teams to emerge at the end? What is the likelihood of that, even with a good Notre Dame team entering it? Look at it this way. Chief types in. This is really messing with my brain. 
We will have to win three more major bowls than what we've won in my lifetime up to now to get to a championship. <laughs> Does that not sum it all up and scare you a little bit? Like, look at it. It's, it's really. That's good. Yeah, man. no, cheap. Chief, you're really messing with me on a Monday. <laughs> We're going to have to win three more major bowls than we've won in my entire lifetime, all in a row in one year to get to the end. What are the odds we're going to do that? John, I feel like once we knock down that first pillar, the rest will just it's going to be momentum, baby. I really do. I, I, I honestly think yeah. that's what's going to happen. I think he's, that's a great point, though, Chief Brody. I love that he brought that up there. He brought yeah. it all back to reality. He's right. I mean, but I really think once that first pillar gets dropped, you know, not to say that, okay, let's say we get there this year. We should. We should get in the playoffs this year. Let's say we win our first game. Let's say, you know, we, we have a home game and we win our first game. I can still see us losing after that. Yeah. You know, but what I mean is you're going to see those pillars being dropped over the next few years. We just have to get through that first one. And yeah. I just think that that's, that's what remains. Yeah. Dude, um, I've been saying, I've been saying forever now, I agree with you. If Notre Dame could get over the hump in one of these big game moments, I think there would be a lot of momentum and this thing could get to a different level. But it's very, very hard when you failed in that moment for 30 years to be able to get over it. You're fighting all that history, making those plays. Like, I feel like you're running with weights in your shoes of all those failures. And all it's going to take is one to clean the slate, break the wall down. And and then you and then it's just we can do this. It changes your mentality. We did it. We're there. Which, like I just John, which which John, but I, we I never, tell you, man, I'm telling you, we never get Andrew, there. Yeah, well, it's about to change. I, you know, blind faith, call all you want, man. We can feel it. We can feel the momentum changing. We felt tangible improvement. Let's be honest, man. It's happening. We're you know we we got it. We haven't proven it yet, but I can feel the winds of nature. Taking us there, baby. That just sounded weird. The winds of nature. That just sounded weird. (laughs) The winds of nature. Like sands through the hourglass. Yeah. So are the days of our Uh, That's funny. (laughs) So to um, uh, Andrew, Andrew, I wanted to kind of punch back a little bit on something he said. I saw his point. I don't think Freeman should say anything. Don't say anything. But, oh, my God. If you are not pounding your players inside the four walls about and using this as ultimate motivation, nobody thinks you guys are anything. I'd be pounding that into all the strength and conditioning and spring ball and practice. I wouldn't say a word to the national media, but I'd be like, they don't think you're anything. And I mean, I would use that as, Freeman is obviously a good motivator, man. He's obviously a good motivator. He's got to get his balance right. That's the one thing he has to, you know, being high for this, being down for this, but he can motivate. Man, I'd be using that as a motivator. I'd put that on every player's wall, the locker room, what they said. I'm telling you, John, Michigan rode that wave last year. I'm telling you, man, all that stuff about the cheating, the players took that personally, and the coaching staff did a brilliant job of using that for motivation. I don't think they win the national title if that doesn't come out and motivate them. I truly believe that, John. I don't yeah. think they have that extra whatever. Oh, I'm giving man. them credit. I'm giving them absolute Dude, credit. But hey, they use that. Um, Goolsby agrees. He got he throughout. He was going, John. The more you hate it, and the more everybody hates them, the more it fuels them. It's exactly what they wanted. It's beautiful. He goes. 
as a team, I'm, I would love this. The more every article, then it's more <laughs> every article, every podcast, then it's more of us yep. in the foxhole, just our guys fighting for only our guys. And that belief and the want to prove everybody wrong goes higher. It was a perfect storm for them, and it all worked out, and I'm miserable over it. I'm never going to get over That's it. That's fine. I'll never get over it. I'll, I will let it go the minute Notre Dame wins a championship. I'll let it go. Right, right. That's You're right. You're right. That's kind of where I'm at, too. So I'm just going to say that, man. Freeman used that as, and he will. He's not dumb. He He's not stupid, man. That's one thing about Freeman. That guy's not a dummy. He is, he's he's yeah. sharp. He, he, he's got it. He's going to figure out how the motor, I'm telling you, actually, it's kind of beautiful. I'm glad they did that for us. Last point, and I'll let you go, John, the helmet thing. That leads me to that. I'll tell you what. You know the helmet that really was like, oh, wow. That's like that's like the uh, almost like the the um, Oregon. Last year when they played in their bowl, I know they change their uniforms all the time. But they had that all-silver helmet. You know, like, and I was thinking, ooh, Notre Dame, but the gold helmet's glistening, and that silver helmet they had, which I think was real silver they used, that was like, okay, I'm like, wow, I'd love to see Notre Dame play Oregon now, those two glistening helmets. I just remember thinking how much I love that uniform, you know, what they did. Ohio State, I can't believe, I, I would even put Michigan's above Ohio State. Me like, too. I could, but, like, Ohio, like, I mean, just taking my now, bias out of it, Rocky, I think Michigan helmet looks way all right, better now, than that. Now, here's the deal, though. I'll be honest about my tastes. My And I'm putting Notre Dame aside. Obviously, everybody knows I'm going to say yeah. you can't beat gold because gold is gold and gold always wins. And uh, like you're never going to beat gold. And the, the real flakes, when they used to spray them, we get all that. Shaved off the dome, yeah. mixed in the paint. We all get it. You're never going to beat that for me because of the backstory. However, when I take the Notre Dame bias out of it, I do mean this. Some of this is is about taste. And I prefer less is more classic, less like a class, just like less is more to me with uniforms and helmets. That's why I brought up Texas as a good example, because there's not much going on there, but it's very classic. Like I, I like less busy, more classic also. I don't care if it motivates you or not. I'm not a fan of the helmet stickers where it doesn't even look like everybody's on the same team because one guy is 20. I totally agree, dude. It's too too busy of a helmet. Yeah, one guy is 30, and they're clumped over here. Another guy is some over here, but he's a freshman, so he only has three, and it looks like he's a loser compared to the other guy. I don't like it. It doesn't look like you're on the same team. I'm telling you, it's like when I saw those Oregon helmets last year in the the, the Washington game, the Pac-12 championship. Uh, whatever they, they called that last year um, when they had the silver helmets. I'm like, and I kept thinking that's what Ohio state should do. They should just make their helmet silver and take all the crap off it. And then boy, you got the iconic Notre Dame Midwestern helmet of the gold. And, and by the way, that's another thing that Kelly era did real well when they, made the helmets like even glisten gold more. Dude, I thought that brought them to another listen, level. Man, that was a good move. I thought I was uh, Rodney. I'm about to have a blow up. I'm about to have a blow okay. up. I'm about to. You just did it. I thought I was going colorblind in the Weiss era. I'm looking at the TV. Oh. I'm going, are those helmets They're really? Brown. Are they turned brown on purpose? <laughs> I remember changing Dude. it. I'm up there Come adjusting on. the knobs. I'm going, am I blind? Or did they go out of their way to make our helmets poop? 
turned brown is the, the shade. There was no, no there was bad. no gold. They were pooped brown. You, you, you think you think that's bad, man? Like when you played the NCAA, because I'm a huge video game college football fan of playing NCAA football on the, I don't know, the PS2 or PS3, whatever one what was. And it was even, they accentuated that even more. Like literally the Bro, helmets looked like poop. They, like, like there was poop. no, there was no shine oh, at yeah. all. Phil says, Weiss wanted the helmets to match the skid marks. I mean, dude, I just, <laughs> <laughs> Phil. It's like those old school, like, Dude. you know, the leather helmets. Like, we're trying to make them look yeah. like, I guess that's what we're going like, for. Bro, they were brown. <laughs> they had no gold in them at all. I couldn't understand. It was bad, man. It was really bad. No, the Kelly, no that's one thing the Kelly era did. I mean, I'm glad oh. that when that happened, I was like, oh, my God, that's what they should have always looked like. Dude, and, and I got to give them credit for they that. Were they were really they bad. Now. They were, and it was yeah, so depressing because it was like, it was the perfect representation of the Weiss era like going down a hill like you got him being all like out of shape and the team sucks and then the helmets are turned brown like it was all representative of everything going down the toilet all of it him limping around oh, out there and then us not winning and then everything being turned brown like bro I'm not here for that man gold 24 karat magic on our helmets I want that. I don't want Turd Brown. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Wow. This is quite the journey yeah. we went down today. Happy Monday. And we woke everybody up. That. Anyway, bottom line, Ohio State, number one, that's, that's so weird to me because I've always thought their helmets are just, like you said, man, just too, too busy. busy. Too busy. It's like too busy. If you have the white and then that one red, you know, I can't even think what their helmet looks like right now. I think of all the stupid stickers. Take the stickers off. Then you probably got a very good helmet. Like, like, take the damn stickers off. Looks stupid. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. No, I get, so it's not my thing. But again, I'm biased, obviously. But to me, I just think the story of that gold, it, it's in a different category than all this other crap. So I, I just, but uh, but Ohio State, you could have picked a lot of other ones. But that one, if you can't do that, can't be number one. Like, I just that's need weird. A, I don't understand how that, that's just, that's whatever. odd. I'm and, like, what? Yeah. I, so I'll yell about that. Maybe I'll do an episode just to yell about that. Uh, so I don't know, man. <laughs> and then let me ask you this. We'll, we'll wrap up. We'll bring this full yeah. circle yeah. back to the college football playoff. Let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. They're talking about expanding this again in a few years or whatever after the new expansion. Yeah. And then I'm also hearing right. behind the scenes, Adam Dowling was talking about this too, rumors of that structure in Notre Dame to the Big Ten already in place with the TV deals and everything, and there's already a structure. Does it, it's just, you got to look at the money. When we're at that point, you got to look at that money. I still don't know the NBC deal numbers. I want to know that money between the Big Ten payouts and Notre Dame, and also pair that up with how is Notre Dame doing in the new playoff era? Does it look like they can compete? Does that lack of a buy really hurt you that much? Like, I don't know. So I just think Notre Dame's going to have to just see where the money falls and see what this is all like in a few years. I don't have the answers. I don't know. Well, that that's just it, man, is that they're already talking about this expansion before they've even done the 12. Like, let it, let it happen for like three years i think like right like like i know they're talking about i think immediately john i think after this year the format changes immediately where it's no longer 
and I hope this isn't the case. Well, you know, we're going to get that first week of playoffs on campuses, which is brilliant. That that's, I think we're all looking forward to that regardless of who wins the title. I think what's got everybody excited is playoff games on campuses. And they're already talking about taking that away. Like the, so I don't know, man, I'm just like, and like you said, I think the big 10 stuff is I'm like, wait, that doesn't really make sense now with where we're at in the pantheon. I don't, I don't know why joining a conference would, but if it's, if it's because of all these things happen behind the scenes that we're just now becoming aware of, they must be aware of it probably six months ago. Right. Yeah. And so maybe that's where it's coming from. Wouldn't it be great if Notre Dame at the last second in the final hour where they're about to join the Big Ten ends up joining the SEC? Wouldn't that just be? I, yeah. I'm just saying. Wouldn't that just be and like? It, well, okay. Here's the thing. Here's here's my thought on it. <clears throat> I want to remain independent as long as I think it's feasible for Notre Dame to do so and yeah. win a championship. Where I start to get right. nervous is if all the powers that be and the resources and the money and the entry and everything slant so far against Notre Dame being independent, I feel like it is going to preclude them from being able to get there anymore. Then you're going to have a decision yeah. to make. Um, so, so, John, what are they saying? Like, if it's a 14, then the, then basically there's only two buys, right? Just the top two teams get two buy then, all, and then seven hey, play it off. I don't. I, all I know right? is. All I know is I get nervous when I start seeing the SEC and the Big Ten are already wanting three to four automatic bids for their conference. Like, that's where this is already going. They're planting those seeds early. Uh, but but yeah. you, you got to see where Notre Dame's at that at that point. See where Notre Dame's at. Like, you can't be in a yeah, position. You can't be in a position where Rutgers is getting thirty million more a year from a TV deal than Notre Dame is, right. and they're bad at football. Like, yeah, you're right. That is unsustainable. If you end up in a model yeah. where the SEC and the Big Ten teams are getting twenty-five, thirty million more off that TV deal, even if they're bad at football, Notre Dame cannot exist in that environment very long. You're going to have a decision to make. Now, here's what I'm going to say. If Notre Dame had to join the Big Ten at some point, I will not like it because I want to be independent. But that's a good landing spot. If you had to do it, which I'm telling you I don't want to yeah. do, it's a hell of a landing spot with a lot of money and good structure and rivalry games almost well, every week. It would be a good landing. John, let me ask you this, though. Let, let me ask you this, though. And I'm just, just throwing this out there. And just think about it. If that's the case, and if it's all conference, if it's all affiliated conferences, and I'm thinking probably what's going to happen eventually is the ACC and the Big Twelve or the um, the Big Twelve are probably going to team up. I'm guessing to make it, you know, their own version of a you know semi super conference. Why wouldn't Indy just say, okay, we already have affiliation with the ACC? If that happens, where it makes that conference stronger, adding our name to that ACC Big Twelve thing would would even make it bigger. I just don't understand if 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 we are going to have fourteen playoff spots, it's no longer super important that we get in with the big boys at that point, right? I mean, again, I don't know what the structure is going to be. That's the whole thing. Is the ACC going to just disintegrate and go either to the Big Ten and the SEC? And there's only going to be two power conferences. Is it, you know what I mean? I don't know what's going to happen, but it would seem to me under those under those circumstances as they are right now and looking to go towards, I don't know why we just don't. Then just join the ACC because at least then there's a slightly easier path to get to but the wait, point of wait, being wait, in wait, the wait. playoffs. But Notre right? Dame, Notre Dame's not going to opt into a conference that locks them into less money. 
The whole problem with the ACC is the TV okay. deal. Because okay. if you jump in the TV well, but deal. Would it, but would it be, John, if they joined the Big 12? If the Big 12 and the ACC joined? I you know, still think. What's remain, I don't know. I still yeah. think the power players of the SEC and the Big Ten. And Notre Dame's going to want to hitch their wagon to one of those, and it'll be the Big Ten for a lot of reasons. Geographical, academic, I just think it'd be really whatever. funny if they decided to go with the SEC. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't. I that would be hilarious. You're locking yourself into a bad money deal. Nobody's going to do that. So that's yeah. the problem okay. with it. Um, but, yeah. but I don't know, man. There's just a lot of meat on this. Oh, by bone. the way, one last thing, dude. Yeah, this whole thing about Feinbaum's love affair with Brian Kelly LSU. Did not, I did not remember Feinbaum saying nice things about Brian Kelly when he was at Notre Dame. So this is all just because of SEC. Oh, this has nothing to do with him liking Brian Kelly. Now he's got okay. his little oh, yeah. one-on-one with him. He's got his little one-on-one right. with him with Kelly in his little he office. And you know what he said? about Brian Kelly before that. You know what Kelly said last week? Kelly said last week to Feinbaum, you know, uh, they, they're like, what do you think about playing USC week one? And Kelly said... He came to LSU for games like this. He came, he left Notre Dame to go to LSU to play USC. What's wrong with this dude? What's wrong with this guy? Unbelievable. Oh, Kelly is such a politician, dude. It's you unbelievable. Know, you know, that's why I came down yeah. south is to play USC for a buddy. You played him every year in Notre Dame. What? Come on, dude. I know that is funny. What? That, what is you yeah, saying? His point, though. I see his point, though. He was basically saying, "I came here to to play big, big, you know, rivalry games or against great teams." He had that at you at Notre Dame. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. the thing. You really can't say you didn't have that. He played a national schedule. Hey, Notre schedule. Like I, I said, Josh Pate put this all in perspective, <laughs> and he said, "Look, man, Notre Dame's schedule strength hey. has always been." I came, I came to LSU to play the tough schedules. The, the, the same guy that couldn't beat Cincinnati at home as last year at right. Notre Dame. I'm down <laughs> here to play the big boys, but I can't beat Cincinnati at home. But I'm here to play the big boys, damn it. Okay, whatever. Oh, man. Whatever. It, I tell you, man, there's some there's – some, uh... This is going to be interesting, John. This is going to be a fun season. I, I I am looking forward to seeing how this all unfolds. I, I'm really looking forward to seeing what they do with rivalry games in the college football season going forward. You know, with, with probably a lot of those games now. There's and I that was the correct decision, by the way, to take away you know the divisions and just make it best team in the conference versus second best team. Yeah. But does that then change some of where the rivalry games are then placed? You move those to the middle of the season now, you know, so you got some air to breathe. And so you're not just playing the same game back to back weeks, you know, and things like that. I mean, I'm interested to see how that happens. Is Michigan, Ohio State going to be moved to earlier in the season now? Yeah. You know, maybe not next year, but I'm just wondering how that's going to all unfold. Hey, can anyway, I, buddy, wait. I'll let you go. Good discussion. Yeah. Good discussion, man. We went a while on that, but there was a lot of news and a lot of things to discuss. And we had some fun with it too, man. I appreciate you kicking me off on a Monday. I'll send you a text when we get done with this on something. Okay. Yeah. You got it, buddy. All okay. Right. Hey, take care. Yeah. Take care, bud. See you. All right. Bye. Oh, I got to blow my nose after that one. Oh, man. This is rough. See if you could hear it. Good radio.
Oh, man. Struggling. Struggling. Oh, boy. But you guys claim his wins and college football appearances. John, I know you miss Brian Kelly. There is not one second of my existing life that I miss that man. Not one second. None of it. There's not one moment. No. Zero. Zero. He, no. None. The Ric Flair after the blow. Woo! Speaking of that, I got something I'm adding I'm adding to the show. And I think it's going to add some juice. And with our personalities and the way I like to do things, I think I'm going to have a lot of fun with this, even if it's immature. The only problem is I am a tech idiot. So as soon as I can figure out how to hook all this up, we're going to have another feature to this program. And I think it's going to add some fun. And I'll be honest, I'm going to have fun with it. And so stay tuned for that. As soon as I get some other wires and figure out how to hook things up, we're going to have another feature added to this show. It's small, but I'm going to have fun with it. I'm going to have fun with it. Oh, man. The best part of the new college football playoff, Notre Dame in the chase till the end of the year. It was over this year after the Louisville loss. Now two to three loss ND. Still in the hunt, which makes every game important till the end. Very good point. Totally accurate. But again, that is a double-edged sword. You are also kind of devaluing the regular season. Like what we're saying is literally devaluing the regular season. Right? Because you can lose a couple games and your dreams aren't all over by week six like last year. It's a big give and a take. Now, selfishly, for someone like me, it's really, really good. Think about it. If you're me, after Notre Dame's second loss, my volume on everything I do goes down because Notre Dame people are going, oh, we're out. We're out. So I'm not going to tune in religiously to every minute of every podcast because we're out. We're not winning anything this year. And that gets tough. Now you're going to be able to extend that interest all out. Just like this person said, you're going to be able to extend it all the way out. Uh, and, and you're going to be, you know, you're at, <clears throat> sitting there with two losses and you're, and you're figuring out where you're going to be in the, the playoffs. So it does extend everything in the interest. It's just, it does devalue the regular season games at the same time. Uh, but we're all going to watch. We're all going to watch. Like, it's it's not like, it, I, I, it does factually devalue the regular season, but it's not going to change the viewership. We're all going to watch. So it's a lose-lose for the powers that be. It's just, if you're an old school college football purist, you're not going to like that each regular season games not live, do or die to make the playoff. It's just not going to be. Uh, but whether Notre Dame's involved or not, you're gaining what? Like a month and a week of extra college football added onto the back of the year than we have now? And it's going to be all games everybody cares about and everybody's interested in? Sounds good to me. 
Sounds good to me. Notre Dame has no excuses to lose any game next season. All right. I hope you're right. I hope you're right. Lots of teams say that every year. You find yourself in some weird situations in the middle of this season. Here's the other issue. Here's the other issue. If you if you have a Notre Dame team, two to three losses and on the edge of playoff contention, this is not hockey. It's not Major League Baseball, where they're the two sports that are the most random in terms of championship outcome, where you could get a wild card team in and a hockey and they make a run and win it all. Baseball, uh, they could make it far as a wild card or whatever. My question would be, what are the odds a Notre Dame team that loses two to three games in the season can then turn it on and beat Georgia and Alabama and Ohio State or whoever, Texas, whoever it is, all in a row in that playoff if you're losing two to three games in Notre Dame's regular season. Now, you could argue, you could argue, how does it look? You know, if it's the biggest game of the year and you lose by a field goal at the end, then maybe, you know, you have leeway with that. I'm just saying, if you're going to lose multiple games in the regular season, I doubt you're the team that's going to turn it on and then go undefeated against top 10 teams in the postseason. That's what I'm saying. College football is usually a sport where the teams that are good are good all year. The teams that are going to be good are good all year in college football because of the way college football is built. If you go 0-3 to start and then you turn it on and you're awesome, it doesn't matter because you have three losses already. Chiefs coming back at me a little bit. I understand this. Freeman had enough talent to beat Marshall, Stanford, OSU, and Louisville. And they did, but they didn't do it. So you got to account for not just the talent, but why they didn't do it also. So I don't know. <clears throat> it's going to be wild. Adam, Brian Kelly at LSU has one more win than Freeman. Yeah, good for him. Good for him. I can't believe I'm going to say this. I might have to root for USC next year. Don't they open up with Kelly? I'm not rooting for Kelly. I'd rather see USC beat Kelly. You out of your mind? Go ahead and uh, go ahead and build up USC's strength of uh, record, strength of schedule and all that before Notre Dame plays them. So if we beat them in LA, gives us a bigger bump, makes Brian Kelly upset, all of that. And I'm still going to say this. I'll never come off this. I will never come off this. One of Kelly's biggest breaks in his life is that USC was down when he was at Notre Dame. Look look at whatever level of heat you felt Brian Kelly ever added Notre Dame. Imagine if USC wasn't down the entire time Kelly was at Notre Dame, how much tougher it would have been. Like he caught... USC way down. And you know what else he's doing? I don't know if they're going to be down, but he's timed out uh, Alabama pretty well too. He's timed out Alabama pretty well too. 
Uh, and I don't, I don't expect Alabama to like have no talent all of a sudden and be absolutely terrible, but they ain't going to be what they were. They're not going to be bad. They're not going to be what they were. So Kelly's getting it. And Kelly's getting lucky on the timing here, or maybe he's not getting lucky. He just knows how to, how to move around at the right period. I don't know. I don't know. Ooh, Jason, this is good. This is good. This is on the list of things that, so John, what does that mean? Those are just excuses right there. What, what part? Uh, the missing piece for no letdown game is the player led culture. Jason, what a good point. What a good point. That is literally on the list of bullet points of things I'm going to debate with uh, Goolsby on the Patreon tonight. Beautiful point because who are your player leaders this year for Notre Dame? You can name some on defense. Who are they on offense? Follow me here. And I think this comes into play when I complain about Notre Dame playing bad on the road. Where's your player leadership on the road? Where's the guys that are going to go, we're not doing good enough. This can't fly, blah, 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 blah. Like, get your head out of your rear, all that. Like, who are those leaders on offense for Notre Dame this year? Follow me. Who's the running back leader now that Estime's gone? Who's the leader of that group? The vocal leader and the playing leader. Who's the leader at wide receiver? The young guys, is it Jaden Thomas by default because he's old, but not by what he's done on the field? He ain't a leader, but because he's the old guy, Jaden Thomas, who's your leader there? Is Riley Leonard your default accepted leader when he just popped in out of the back door? Here I am, guys. Is he your leader when he just popped out of the sky? Who's your leader at offensive line now that Joe Alt's got? And you're reshuffling there. And oh, by the way, who's your leader at tight end? Oh, it's Mitch Evans. Can you be that big of a leader coming off an injury when you're not out there all camp? So literally, I just laid out on offense. I don't know where your natural next leader comes from. If it's Mitch Evans, it's Mitch Evans. But that's tough to lead fully when you're coming off a big injury yourself. I always have questions about that quarterback coming in on a transfer from another place. Are they just automatically accepted as the leader because you want to be in Notre Dame, you're the quarterback, and the quarterback's the leader? Is that something Riley Leonard's going to have to earn over time with the new guys? Earn that leadership? I don't know the answers to these. I don't know the answers to these, but on offense, I don't see a bona fide leader that's just a leader by default. And I got to think that player leadership part or lack thereof has a part to do with why that team, I, I don't know, couldn't play good on the road, couldn't stop things snowballing against you. I don't know. I don't know. Mark Holzem says, leaders emerge nat nat naturally. Yeah, and so here's <clears throat> what I would ask. 
<laughs> and I don't know if this has been announced or not. Um, I'm not announcing captains till I get all the way through spring and I, I'll even get through fall. Ball. Fall camp, I mean. You follow me? I don't see those natural guys or guys that should just be defaulted that on an offense. Defense is different. There's some guys there. That makes sense. I'm not talking about that. On offense, I'm not doing any captains or any of that through spring camp or fall camp. I'm naming those guys at the end of fall camp, I think. Because there's nobody that you shouldn't default. Give it to somebody. I want to see who's going to lead. Vocally. Who's the one making all the plays? Who's the one where everybody's tired? He's getting them out there going. I don't know. Was Hartman the leader last year? I don't know. By default, kind of. The quarterback's by default kind of the leader. But also, how much did he lead? When things went wrong in these games, we lost. If he was the leader, he didn't lead us out of a loss against Louisville. He didn't lead us out of playing like crap at Clemson. I prefer my leaders not to lead me uh, into the lake. I'm just picturing Michael Scott driving right in the lake with Dwight. No, no, it's this way. And you just drive down the ramp in your car right in the water. Like, I'm sorry, but I need my leaders to actually, like, lead things the right way. Nobody had any answers against Louisville. Nobody had any answers against Clemson. And the coaching staff made a lot of mistakes in the other loss. I don't even want to think about. 937, happy Monday. What's going on? Welcome to the program. What's going on, Johnny? How you doing, bud? Oh, I'm doing well. Uh, we're having an exciting Monday here, talking about some of the college football news and uh, the legislations that passed, and and they, they want to expand the new format we haven't even gotten into yet. What do you make of it all, man? I'm more of a kind of a wait-and-see kind of guy to see what's going to happen with it. Um, but you're talking about leadership on offense next year, right? Like, that's where Audric Wheatley kind of, like, hurts a little bit. You know, like, I mean, yeah, you got Jadarian Price and some other kids out there, but there's no Xavier Watts on offense, if that makes any sense. So, you're right. Leadership will have to emerge, yeah. like, after spring and fall camp. And, and dude, <clears throat> I don't know. I struggle with these transfer quarterbacks. The quarterback is is the most important individual position in all of sports. It's a default leadership position, whether you want to be or not, or have the personality for it or not. It is. I genuinely don't know how the other guys react when a guy that hasn't been in Notre Dame, doing all the tough school, knows the culture, learn like knows all the other guy, and then you drop that guy in the mix. Are they just by default the yep. leader, or do they have to earn that? Or because you're the quarterback, does everybody just genuflect? I don't know how that works. I genuinely have no idea. I'm not in that room. I don't know. I mean, you're you're right. And that's the nice thing about Carr. The fact that Carr was early in rolling with the bull prep. So, like, Carr's been around the program for a while, if you think about it. 
So hopefully by the time next year goes around, he's our proven leader for the next couple of years and then do steps in. Yeah. Uh, Jason, I mean, I Jason I like... Smith says everybody uh, I know that's had interactions with Riley says he's a natural leader. So then maybe he goes right in, ingratiates himself with the Notre Dame culture and the guys rally around him. And that could be your leader on offense in a way, even if Hartman wanted to be the leader on offense, it, he wasn't good enough to make the leadership plays to go, I'm going to be the leader and go win this game for us. But, I mean, when you watch Riley Leonard play Notre Dame last year, he looked very lost in the shovel. The same way how Hartman looked lost in the shovel versus Louisville. Like, the first, I still see that deep 50-50 ball but their best cornerback and one of our shortest receivers like that to just get. So to me, I don't know. Like, I don't know if Lincoln rallies the answer. I don't know what's going to happen when it becomes crunch time. Um, hopefully we don't get in that situation, Yeah, but we will because it's us. Um, I just think that um, we'll see. I just know that next year is not going to be the move, which sucks because you have a lot of amazing talent to probably go far. But um, I don't, I don't like what Leonard Riley. You don't. I, I'm rooting for the guy, um, but just kind of like the things that you're saying. Yeah. But can the team rally around a random character? Like as, as Goldie says, we basically get another rental for a year to see where it goes. But when shit hits the fan. Sorry, when when the chips are down, um, are they going to rally behind the guy or is he going to be lost too? I mean, that's the thing that they kept saying about our last guy at Hartman. Oh, he's a leader. He's a leader. Like, play a lot of ball. True, but he never beat Clemson in the five tries. He looked very lost under the lights. So it's like, I'd rather have a homegrown kind of guy. Let me ask you, listen, hey, just, there's no doubt to me, specifically speaking about Notre Dame, I'm not talking about every school in the country, specifically in Notre Dame, because of all the extra involved, I think your best chance is a homegrown guy that has the roots, develops with the other players, that does the schoolwork for years, builds up. I just think for Notre Dame, that's going to be their most consistent way forward. But you got to attach that wagon to the right quarterback in the future. They got to figure out who that is, and it's got to be the right guy. 100%. 100%. 100%. Um we haven't really had a generational quarterback in a long time. Um, so I don't know. It's hard just to grab a guy. I don't like, I don't love the whole pay for play that we're going like the format now for college football, because I mean, week one, what you'll have versus like your bowl game will be two completely different teams. I mean, just look at us when we played against Oklahoma state, there are two very different teams on the field. We yeah. just happen to have more talent than they did and blew them out the water. But I agree, you kind of need to not go fishing for that position. Now, wide receiver, running back, different. Defensive tackle, linebacker, different. But like quarterbacks and safeties, I don't know, man. I think those guys need to be homegrown. And that's then, just, yeah. That's just. Uh, and then let me ask you this. I don't think we've spoken about this directly, but it's been bugging me all off season. Um, 
<laughs> how do you address Notre Dame's road woes? The that is not just an observation. The stats back it up. How much better Notre Dame played at home than on the road last year? And when things went bad on the road, they unraveled and never really came back. I don't know how you fix that. I don't know if that's a leadership thing, a preparation thing, a physical travel schedule thing, but it is more than a trend when I notice multiple of those weeks, more than not when Notre Dame's on the road, they started out slow and sometimes couldn't get caught back up. I don't know how you address that because I'm not able to pinpoint the cause. I'm eager to see how it goes this year. Yeah. Because you're gonna going to find out week one. That's the problem. You have no you know, time to figure it out. Week <laughs> one, baby, FCC. You have no time. You got to have it all figured out before that night. That's why I'm nervous. You have no time. Take a breath, man. You're going to mess that hairline up. Oh, baby. Take a breath. Ooh. Come on, sugar. We can't be doing that. Ooh. Now, you say FCC. I don't. I'm not. In, I'm not in love. I'm, I tell you all the time. I'm not in love with Texas A&M. I don't think they're very good. That's just going to be me off rip. Like that's just real talk. But <clears throat> last year we we were very vocal about going to Ireland, having that week zero game, and then not having buys in between a very rough road, like a very rough patch. Yeah, and it looked like we kind of ran out of gas. Yeah, like, that's a part of it for sure. Eight, listen, man, eight weeks with internet, eight weeks. Eight weeks in a row to start the year with an international vacation in the middle. Come on, you're not yeah. helping. You're not helping yeah. yourself out when you allow that to be scheduled. I don't care how much people liked going to Ireland and drinking in Dublin. I'd rather Notre Dame not lose to Louisville than everybody had fun drinking in Dublin. Sorry, that's my priority. So. That was awful. This year, at least, I love the spacing. The spacing of the big moments are really spaced out that, that allows Notre Dame, I think, to have a better run this year. But I didn't appreciate two months in a row, no break and international vacations. Well, I do love the fact that we get a week off before we play Florida State. Um, love that whole thing, rest up before that game. But uh, two years ago, you started off at Ohio State and it was also Marcus Freeman's second coaching. So it's like year one, figuring out year two, fine-tuning everything that yeah. he can't really help this guy. My calibration year. year three, well, That's the calibration I year I take one. crap for. I always said that. Year one, keep your head above water. Do it the best you can. Year two, calibrate. Year three, time to start winning. Time to get more consistent. Think, That's kind of how I see it. You sound more and more like Clayton Bigsby every day, my guy. I'm just saying how much time you got, buddy? <laughs> oh, for you, all day. Now, let me ask you a question. How would you feel instead of having a full game at Ireland, like a a a season game? Why not the blue and gold game over there? Uh, be, Something that you know why? Same, I'll tell you not, why. I'll tell well, you why. Because people aren't going to pay the amount it's going to cost to fly over there for a practice. That's why they're not. I'm just asking, that trip costs like twenty thousand dollars or something. I just don't think people are going to go in mass if it's a uh, kind of a warm up thing. Now, if you could build out a week of other Notre Dame activities in Dublin, link to that. Now you may have something cooking. Maybe you could do a whole bunch of different activities surrounding Notre Dame and the team in Dublin. 
different days and all that. Maybe you could do that. I don't know. Oh, I was going to go and I was going to take uh, the wife and kid over just for the game, but we we're going to do our own like itinerary. Yeah. And I think the tickets were like four hundred, like a pop. Yeah. <laughs> so like, no, I'm good. Yeah. But no, man, I'm not going to keep you. I just wanted to call and say what's up, man. Hey, man, thank you. I appreciate that. And uh, yep, keep me on speed dial. There'll be news, news, news. And then uh, we'll, oh, we'll get into spring ball. Yeah. You're a contact and my phone is always Irish, my baby. Well, there you go. Now, are you going to the blue and gold game? What do you mean am I going to the blue and gold game? We're having the wildest tailgate on campus. What do you mean am I going? I'm just, all right, I'm just making sure. Oh, yeah, I'm baby. I'm not tell my kids that. Oh, we're having a, we're having a tailgate. Gonna... No, no, no. We're tailgating all day. Goolsby's coming. He's going to have other players coming. Pat's going to be there. We're having a party, baby, all day. I'm going to stop by and say what's up. Well, you better. If you're going to be in town for that, you better. I have the flag, man. I'll be right in front of Frank. You can't miss it. I'll be right in front of Frank, and I'm going to have my big flag. You can't miss it. Look for it. Uh-huh. You better You better be there. It's going to be problems. What do you mean I bet I'm going to be there? I'm hosting a party. <laughs> Why wouldn't I be there? What do you mean? Of course I'm, I'm going to be there. I'll try to get your blood pressure up on the way out. Man. Well, That's you, all. You, You're getting too calm. Yeah, good job. I'm alive. <laughs> all right. I'll see you there. Bye. Later, Later. Look at this. I got people going out of their way just to make me get my blood pressure up. Listen to him. He's like, oh, man, you better not tell me you're going to be there and not show up. I'm setting up this big tailgate I promote every day. What do you think I'm going to do? Just sleep in that day and leave everybody hanging? Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Oh, my God. That's funny. Uh, Michael said something here that I wanted to highlight. I thought I clicked it. Where is it? Yeah, good radio. While I scroll back up to to find a, a comment. Notre Dame played four straight primetime ranked games without a bye week. The wide receivers went down on Hartman. Not a good recipe for any quarterback. Yeah, and the other thing is, um, you are right, Michael. There's no, there's nothing you could do about four nine games in a row in primetime. I believe all the opponents were undefeated when Notre Dame played them as well. Four in a row. Um... That's tough. That is tough. And I just think that's going to take a physical toll on a team no matter what. Like, you, that is a rough road. And it's like, nobody figured Duke was going to be that. You know, Louisville popped up. What are you going to do? But four in a row of night games, undefeated primetime teams, and then not having to buy for eight weeks, man, you ain't doing yourself any favors, bro. Like, you're setting yourself up to be in a tough spot. And we were. And we were. Oh, Michael. Michael, I lost the comment. But he said, John, you know, it isn't all on Hartman and his shortcomings. You know, Parker struggled. The wide receiver room wasn't good enough. Like, all of that stuff. The offensive line wasn't nearly good enough in the biggest moments either. You're totally right. You're totally right. Like, it is not just 
Sam Hartman. Parker was a huge problem. The wide receivers were a huge problem. At times, against the better defenses, the offensive line didn't do the best job. So there are certainly other things to blame. It's not fair to just go, Sam Hartman's the problem. He let us down. But I will say this. I'm going to try and balance this out. I will say this. Don't you hope that if you have a quarterback who has the it factor or whatever, why am I delayed? You would like to hope that singular guy could put the team on its shoulders, stop the bleeding against Louisville, and find a way to scratch out and win there when everything was going against it. Like, that's what I want. That's what I mean by like that dude at quarterback is I, I'm going to make it happen because I'm going to make it happen. Get on my back. I'm going to do it myself. So I don't know. At least without John, we could add toppings to the burgers. You guys could add any toppings you want to any of your burgers you want. Leave mine alone. Cheeseburger, you say? Why, certainly. I love one. What do you want on it? Meat, bread, and cheese, bro. There is nothing else that goes on it. It's called a cheeseburger, not a salad burger. Think about it. It's called a cheeseburger, not a salad burger. I ain't putting a bunch of crunchy water lettuce on there. Oh, I got to soggy my buns. Oh, I know my buns all soggy and I'm, ugh. Woof. Mushrooms and Japolinos? What do you think this is? Mushrooms and Japolinos. You're out of your mind, Phil. The only way I'm eating a mushroom is if I'm going to start seeing leprechauns two hours later. Are you out of your mind? Baby, that's tough. The sloppier, the better, bro. Come on, you guys. I like a nice, tight burger. I, I I don't need it stuff falling off, uh, leaking over the whole thing. I don't need any, any come on. There's nothing but <laughs> you know what it makes me think of uh, Billy Madison. They're in the they're eating in the lunchroom, and the lady's going. John doesn't like mushrooms. Do I seem like the type of guy that's going to eat mushrooms on purpose? Again, I better start seeing rainbows and leprechauns in an hour if I do. It reminds me of the lunch lady in uh, Billy Madison. I know how you kids like them extra sloppy. I made them extra sloppy for you, lady. You're scaring us. And they all laugh. <laughs> Have some sloppy Joes. I know how you kids like. I made them extra sloppy for you. And Adam Sandler goes, lady, you're scaring us. <laughs> ah, Man, I'm having fun on this show. I can't breathe and my head's pounding, but I'm having fun. What are you... Oh, Adam, 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 don't try and trigger me. Adam says, Chicago style dog. That's code for salad in a bun. That is code for salad in a bun. You ever seen a Chicago dog? There's almost no wiener visible. And it's all Japolinos. 
uh, the green things, the peppers, a full slice of tomato out of Granny's garden, a bunch of moose tart sprayed on there. Unbelievable. Like, where's the hot dog, bro? Where's the hot dog? That's a salad in a bun at that point. No wiener even visible. You can't even see the wiener. It's buried in, in yeah, all the salad stuff, bro. Is it made for a rabbit or is it made for me? Jason. <laughs> Jason says that's a common problem for John. There's no wiener visible. I'm serious. Italian beef? I could eat Italian beef. I could eat Italian beef. But you know what I don't do? You know what I don't do? I'll never understand this. You go into Portillo's, oh, I want an Italian beef or whatever. Bro, dunked? Are you out of your mind? That is disgusting. The bread is mush. The bread is mush. And I don't Bread is no longer bread when it's saturated in mush. It's mush. I want bread and my Italian beef. So I get that baby dry. Yeah, I'll get some cheese on that baby. Dunked is, oh, it's all mushy and it falls apart. Oh, the texture of that mushy bread makes me want to yak, bro. So yeah, I do the Italian beef. I want it dry. Come on, man. Oh, Phil, 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 this Monday's off the charts. Uh, Roy boy says bacon makes everything better. I'll eat some bacon. I'll, I'll put that on a burger. That's close enough to my meat and cheese and bread only. There ain't nothing wrong with some bacon. Oh boy. All right. I think, I think that's going to be it. Will Black just got up, upgraded to a five star. Let's go, baby. This staff's great evaluators. They really are. They're really good evaluators. Uh, mush makes it go gourmet, bro. I just, it isn't for me and it's messy. I The integrity of the bread is key to me. The integrity is key to me. If you don't have bread integrity, you, you, you can't have a good sandwich. I'm sorry. It's just the way it is. All right. That's going to be it. We shot all over the place. I had fun today. I can't breathe, but I had fun anyways. Shooting all over with you guys. Going to record a bunch with Goolsby tonight. Those videos will be spread out over the rest of the week on Patreon. I will have uh, a short tonight and then a video for you guys tomorrow on a topic uh, that popped up out of nowhere again. So, everybody, I really appreciate you being here. And again, uh, what is this? John may yell like Gordon Ramsay, but he eats like the hamburger. What are you doing, you donkey? Where's the lamb sauce, you donkey? I got a pretty good Gordon Ramsay, I'm not going to lie. And that's even with a bad voice. You donkey! Anyways, all right, I'm getting out of here. This one went off the rails. Thanks, Ohio Pod. Maybe I'll call in. Remind me. Ohio Pod, I'm bad with this stuff. Send me a text and remind me Friday when you're going uh, when you're going live or Thursday. Remind me. All right, you guys, have a good one. This was fun. Take care.
Hey, John, can you rant for me if you see me on campus? Of course I can. Just give me a reason. Bring up anything I don't like. It's all it takes. See you guys.